amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. Welcome to the show. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we were going to have music or not. And just so you know, you should always walk around with music in your heart just in case we don't play it for you. Uh, just so you know. Anyway, I um, want to welcome everybody to the show. Glad that you're here. Uh, I'm going to take a minute here to welcome you all in on Periscope and Blog Talk Radio. Of course, you guys who are listening on Blog Talk Radio, you, you can't see me, but in the event you ever want to see how great my hair looks on any day, you can go over to periscope.com forward slash Bible News Radio. Just so you know. Anyway, those of you who are in the chat room, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that you're here as well. Thank you, Tommy, for coming in. Tommy Norman, you guys, is our guest. If you haven't followed her yet on Periscope, uh, don't hesitate to do it. And please do, because I'm sure all of you are following her anyway. <laughs> I hope so by now. And um, anyway, I want to thank all you guys for coming in. Uh, let you know, this is going to be a fun show. I am really happy because um, our guest is back. And you guys all know uh, who Tommy is, Pastor Tommy Norman. She is a gold star periscoper here uh, with, I think, over 22,000 followers, which is amazing and totally cool to see how God blesses that uh, and all that. So you guys follow each other. Uh, first thing that I want to do before we even jump into the show is um, thank our sponsors because <clears throat> we actually have a couple. And um, we're not in the live monitor yet either, just so you know. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. But anyway, want to thank Ariel Ministries. Um, you guys, I'm really super excited uh, to share with you that we're going to be having, um, uh, hopefully within a couple of days, hopefully by next week, I will be sharing with you some super cool uh, materials that Ariel is going to be offering. Uh, and you can use the coupon code Bible News anytime, 20% off. Use it day or night, doesn't matter. The internet is open 24 hours a day. Wouldn't it be weird if it closed? It, that would be very weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we want to thank Ariel Ministries. And um, don't forget, you can go to Camp Shoshana, if you will. I believe they're still taking registration, but you got to hurry up because July is almost here. And um, camp this, this year is between um, July something, July 8th and August 19th, 2017. And you can learn more by going to ariel.org. And don't forget, also, uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum has an email list. He, they only send out email every once in a blue moon, literally. They don't really send it out much. But you can get on there because they'll tell you uh, some of the um, sales that they have going on. And also, uh, 
you'll want to just keep in, keep up on it. Just saying. All right. Also, I wanted to uh, thank my friend Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt for also helping sponsor Bible News Radio. PIJN News is his his show, which we air here on the weekend on our podcast channel. But you can also go to PrayInJesusName.org. You can sign up for his email alerts. In fact, if you already signed up for today's email alert, I got to tell you something. Uh, in fact, I'll do this. I got to bring it up because this is very important. How many of you remember that yesterday when I was on the show with Kamal Saleem, by the way, that was probably one of our highest rated recent shows, was um, listening to Kamal, a former uh, Muslim, talk about what happened over in London. If you guys didn't hear hear his testimony and hear the prophetic stuff that he was talking about uh, on the show, by all means, certainly go and watch our archive. Um, this guy's the real deal. Uh, for those people, and don't you don't have to put this up yet, bareface, but for those of you who are pillars of our community, we added another 30 minutes of an interview that we did with him after the show. And in that 30 minutes, one of the things that he shared with me is that he, along with uh, General Jerry Boykin and and others like Bill Federer um, have been asked to go and speak to the Senate about stuff that's been happening. So for all the naysayers out there who are like, well, this guy's a fake and a phony, fake news, blah, blah, etc. I just want you to know <laughs> that Kamal Saleem is not, he's anything but fake. He's the real deal. He knows what he's talking about um, and all that. But anyway, back to Dr. Klingenschmidt, pray in Jesus' name. If you signed up for his email, then today, one of the things that he sent out was something that I mentioned yesterday on the show, which is that Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, has not recognized June as LGBT Pride Month. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know if you feel like, yay, that's so super cool. Cool. I think it's awesome. I will tell you what June is, though, according to President Trump. He actually issued five separate proclamations (laughs) recognizing June as, get this, uh, National... Uh, Caribbean American Heritage Month. Who knew, right? (laughs) Uh, National African American Music Appreciation Month. So we need to get our African American Music Appreciation on this month. Um, Also, National Home Ownership Month. So those of you who own a home, you know what? You can celebrate it because this is officially National Home Ownership Month. Uh, Great Outdoors Month for those of you who like the outdoors. And National Ocean Month. So there you go. So President Trump, he he said all these proclamations at the end of May for June, all these different proclamations, but it's not Homosexual Pride Transgender Queer Questioning Month. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. For that reason, I'm happy I voted for him just for that alone, just so you know. Um, and I think that's it, right? No, oh, Pillars of the Community. That's why I always forget the 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 part that feeds me. Uh, So if you like our show, then I would encourage you to become a a pillar of our community, which is basically where we ask that you donate $25 a month or more. And, um, and then we'll go ahead and we will put you into our um, uh, Facebook group for pillars only. And, you know, this is a a nice way of saying, Hey, Stace, thanks for all that work you do for me, (laughs) for keeping me informed and, and teaching me stuff and having awesome guests like Tommy Norman on the show. Uh, and you actually get so much for that. I mean, you can get a ton more. Because like I said, last night, just Kamal, you had another whole half-hour interview with him and our pillars of the community. And he said some pretty cool stuff, as well as some of our previous guests, too. So 
uh, don't be afraid. Go over to Bible News Radio forward slash BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. And when you're over at my website, also join my email list if you don't mind. Because in the event that somehow Periscope dies or Twitter dies or something, just so you know, then you can still get in touch with me. Because believe it or not, I've actually had something like that happen. And um, and I want to be in touch with you. So join our email list too. All right? Okay, good. Okay, so she is no stranger to the Periscope audience. No, she isn't. Our guest is spectacular in her own right. And, <laughs> and you know, and I'm just totally honored and, and totally excited that I get to have Tommy Norman back on the show. This is a woman who is an ordained minister, an evangelist, a Bible teacher, a mentor, a speaker, and her show is called Be Healed um, on Periscope. And she helps you to possess your power, live in purpose, and create a legacy of faith for the next generation. And this is her third time uh, on Bible News Radio. And so, hey, without further ado, welcome, Pastor Tommy. Welcome back to Bible News Radio. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Stacey, so much. It's always an honor to be with you. And so I've enjoyed the last two times I've been here. And I'm excited to be back. So thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, well, you know what? Hey, the pleasure is all mine. And I have to tell you, last night, I always listen to you right before I go to bed. Like, you put me to sleep, literally. <laughs> but but not in a bad way. Because <laughs> I, I, I listen to you, and, and I'm like, oh, that's really good. And then I fall asleep, and then I go, oh, I got to finish it. I got to go. I usually listen to you in the morning. So, uh, so anyway. I'll take it. I'll take it. I know go. it's late. So, yeah, if you're, if you're just a body and you're on my periscope, I'll, I'll, that's better than not being there at all. So thank you. Even if you're, you'll, you'll get it as you're sleeping. I, I do. Devotions with my kids in the mornings, and one of them would sleep through them all. But I said, it's in the atmosphere. It's going into his subconscious. <laughs> so yeah. I believe that for you. Well, I appreciate that. I, I usually get up or wake up around 4.30. So, yeah, you you being up kind of late. Yeah. I never get any sleep if I, but, but I want, with that said, I just want to say thank you for the kind words that you always shout out to me. I really appreciate it. I don't feel like I'm so great or anything, but um, it is appreciated. And so I want to say thanks for that. Appreciate it. I honor you. So, you know, those of you who, there, there might be somebody new in here. And so, you know, would you mind letting people know who you are? And I mean, I already gave a little bio, but you've you've been around for a while and and accomplished much. And I'd like for you to highlight that. Okay. Well, I, as Stacy said, my name's Tommy Norman. I'm the founder of Tommy Norman Ministries. I'm an ordained minister. I'm a preacher. I'm a Bible teacher. Um, and I always say most my most important credentials are that I'm a mom. I'm a grandma and I'm a wife. I've been married for over 30 years to the same man. And so, and I've raised amazing kids. And so I grew up in a family, though, that really did not know very much about God. We were, um, my pictures are crooked there. We were, we had lots of love in our family, but we did not know God. And so as a result, by the time I was 17, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Um, but one person in my family got saved. That was my mom. And because of her, um, her yes to God is what I always say. The rest of our family 
um, came into the kingdom. And we've just never gotten over it. I have never gotten over it. Having lived in gross darkness and experienced bondage and just the hopelessness, not because it was a terrible family, as I, as I said, we were very loving, but we were also very lost and very broken. And so when the Lord um, broke into our lives, we didn't even have enough sense to call on him, to look for him. But he, he sought after us and he apprehended one person that was my mom and so I ended up being delivered radically set free and honestly I've been preaching the gospel ever since and what uh, what was a generational curse in our family for, for generations upon generations the Lord has turned that thing around now and for four generations um, we are living in the blessing of God and so uh, most of my ministry has been in my local church, most of it, not all, um, but now the Lord it has um, taken me to a whole nother place um, because of Periscope, and so, yes, I am sharing the message of the gospel and the message of healing um, four, four nights, uh, Monday through Thursday on Periscope, and we're seeing a lot of people respond to that message. Yeah, see, and I think that is so cool. In part, I, you know, somebody was asking me a while back, you know, you know, people always ask, well, what do you do? Blah, 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 blah. And I always say, well, I, you know, I do a show. I do this show. And they're like, oh, really? What station is it on? I'm like, it's on the internet, you know, because the internet is worldwide. Anybody in the world can listen to you. And it is amazing to me personally how, you know, I, and this is one of the things I want to talk to you about, because I, I definitely want to get into our topic about healing for sure. Um, but because that actually ties into what Kamal said yesterday and what I hear you talking about. And I hear other Christian broadcasters who are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, talking about the end times, uh, the move of the Holy Spirit, you know, signs and wonders, visions um, and healing the sick. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, I'm very conservative, <laughs> I went to, um, I wasn't raised in the church either. And I, you know, the first church I ended up in was a, um, it was a, like a um, Disciples of Christ Church, which was very, um, you know, hard on baptism. It wasn't a, even a Baptist church, but they were like, you know, you have to be baptized in order to be saved, which is unbiblical, by the way. Um, but that's one thing. And, and then I ended up going to another church called Oasis Christian Fellowship, which, which was a very, massively charismatic church which you know where they danced and they they did all this other stuff and then I ended up going to Vineyard for a number of years went to the Vineyard Christian Fellowship where you know I was there during the whole Toronto blessing and and yeah. um John Wimber and and all these people and people wouldn't look at me and go oh you're one of those that raises your hand you know do you believe in being slain in the spirit and I always think the language there is interesting, though, but we can, we, can, we can talk about that later. But, you know, I look at all that and I go, okay, some of this is from God, I think. Some of it's not. Right. I have this Western mindset where I have been trained by our media and society to go to the doctor to get healed instead of the Lord. <laughs> you know? And it's interesting because then going, you know, having all that, you know, and reading it. Because when I was, I'm going to tell you a story that kind of ties into this whole thing, healing thing. When I was first saved, I read the Bible so much and I memorized the verse a day and I took it, I brought it to my 
friends at school and I'm like, here's today's verse. Let's all memorize it. I was a little evangelist on, on last year high school campus. And, and one day uh, my cassette player radio thing broke. And this was, this was actually the only thing that I had where I could listen to my Amy Grant cassette tape, father's eyes, which, which was my, only Christian influence for pretty much the first year of my Christian walk before I was able to get into a church because my mom wouldn't let me go to church. And so one day um, I was trying to play the tape and it wouldn't work. And I took it to my younger brother who's totally electronically inclined. I'm like, can you fix this? Nope. Can't fix it. And so I'm like, well, I know my mom ain't going to buy me a new one because she, you know, she thinks I'm off my rocker anyway. She thought I joined a cult after I got saved and so I did the only thing that I knew I could do based on what I read in God's word, and that was pray for it. So I, I literally laid hands on this electronic piece of equipment. I prayed, and I asked God to heal it, and he did. He made it work again. Okay, now, now maybe some of you think that's crazy, but that was my zealous faith when I was a believer. And I remember somebody in my church saying to me, oh, you know, this zealous excitement you have for Christ right now. Don't worry. It will wear off in about three years. And I'm like, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, really? I mean, I mean, I actually thought that and I thought, uh, no, but you know, as what happens is, is, you know, life goes on and, you know, and, and I've had other experiences. I've seen angels. I've had a couple of visions. I've had dreams. Um, but it's not something I go around walking, you know, talking about going, Hey, you know, did you know God shared, shared with me this blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, cause you get stuck in the, the churchy mindset, but not the biblical one. So when I saw you on Periscope talking about this, as I shared before, I thought when I first saw you, I was like, no, not another one of these people, you know, but then the Lord told me to shut up and listen to you, which I did. And now I'm a super fan. So, um, uh-huh. So I wanted to share that again because there, there's I, my first question to you is, what is your spiritual gift? Teaching, teaching. Yeah, I'm a fivefold ministry teacher. Okay, explain that for people who don't know. I mean, I know because I went to the vineyard, but yeah. Well, the Bible says that there are gifts uh, given to the body and it's for the edification of the body for the training of the body uh, for the perfecting of the saints the body of christ for the work of the ministry um and so that means the, the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher and so we are we are given to the church as a gift to build up to teach to train the body of christ and so i am a fivefold ministry teacher i mean that's I function in other things. I have functioned. Um, I have served on staff as a pastor, and that's what I was doing when I initially came on Periscope. Um, I have. I am an evangelist as well. I'm always sharing the message of the gospel, and now we have this platform to the nations. But my sweet spot is teaching, and so I teach the Bible. Yeah, I teach the Bible. Yeah, and that's a good answer. See, my my main gift is exhortation and also teaching, but my exhortation comes through the teaching and, and Lord's had to kind of smooth me a little bit, kind of, 
you know, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I asked you that because I can relate. Yeah. So what, okay. So would you think that one of your gifts is also faith maybe? No, honestly, I, I don't. And that's where I'm a little bit more, um, and even the whole, the, the whole idea of, of gifts. I think that, that those gifts are all available to us at different times if the, when the need is there. And so I do think that at times I have functioned in the gift of faith, certainly. And, you know, even like working of miracles and the gift of healing, so, yeah, but I don't necessarily identify that personally as one of my gifts. And here is here is why I love, um, here's where I stand on that, actually. And so somebody might think that I would say I have the gift of healing. And people have said that to me before. I have even had somebody that is, functions as a prophet say that to me before. I don't know about all of that. I just go by what the Bible says. So that's my whole, that's my first approach to healing. And that's why I think it's so great is that it's for every believer. And the Bible says that we've all been given the measure of faith. And so I don't know about, you know, if I have the gift of faith, but I know what the Bible says. And I know the authority and the power that has been given to me. And so that's where I function from. Okay. And based on that, I also want to read our verse of the day because this actually ties into our topic about the Bible. What does the Bible say about healing? So today's verse of the day comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And Tommy, I actually took this off based on your website. And this is Matthew 15, verses 30 and 31. It says, and large crowds came to him. That would be Jesus, in case you don't know. Bringing with them those who are lame, crippled blind, mute, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. And I know your version, whatever, I was trying to figure out what version that was, and it says, and he healed them all. So the crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. And just keep it up there just for a second. I want everybody to note here on the screen, lame is in green, lame walking is in green. Crippled is in turquoise-ish color, crippled restored is in turquoise. Blind, blind seeing is in the same color. And then, of course, mute and mute being, uh, that would actually uh, coincide with probably being deaf and many others, which it doesn't say specifically what that disease or infirmity was. But uh, it's interesting um, to me when you look at this that if and I learned this, Tommy, because of this book, you can take that down now. Thanks. Um, that you recommend called Healing the Sick, right? Got this book, Healing the Sick, by um, T. L. Osborne, who actually points out in Deuteronomy 28, part of the curse is sickness. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really kind of interesting. That and I and I went through those sicknesses in Deuteronomy 28, and I was shocked. I was seriously shocked to see that some of them included like inflammation and some other stuff, which if you look at our health today and the health crises, what are all the diseases? They're all tied back to that. So I want you to talk about that um, and kind of teach us a little bit about biblical healing. Cause you know, I've read the words, but I, I haven't really believed them to be honest and you're helping me. And the whole reason I, I asked you about faith is because I see you as having faith. Yeah, I, I have yeah. faith. 
Um, and so here's the simple definition of faith. It's just believing God, um, believing that he will do what he said that he will do, and then acting like it. So that's, that's the simple definition of faith. Again, just believing that God will do what he said that he will do, and then acting like it, because faith acts. Faith is in action. Faith always has a corresponding action. You know, there's dead faith, and there is intellectual assent, but biblical faith just believes God. And so we have made it so complicated and it's not complicated at all. You know, the Old Testament believers who were, they had a, an inferior covenant than we do today. And yet, so many of them were so, um, we're still talking about their stories today. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, who had all kinds of things against her. You know, the law was against her. It was against the law for her to even be in public. And just everything that she went through you know, the isolation, the loneliness, um, the brokenness. The Bible says that she spent all of her money on doctors and that instead of getting better, that she grew worse. And yet she was able somehow um, to, to encourage herself and then go to where Jesus was. So she could have stayed in that place of isolation, um, in that community, you know, where the people that had um, unclean issues, where they had to stay she could have stayed there and she could have intellectually agreed and said, I wish God would heal me, but she connected an action to her belief. And the action was not convenient. And there was really no guarantee. She, she did what she had to do. And the result was the Lord said to her, your faith has healed you. You know, I think of blind Bartimaeus, another example. Um, the, he was blind and yet he had more spiritual vision and understanding than the people that were around him because he was able to connect an action to what he believed. And he did what he could do. He began to cry out. And we know that the Lord, um, the Lord heard him and the Lord said, bring him to me. And when he got in front of the Lord, the Lord said, what do you want? And he said that I, that I may see. And of course, I'm saying this in my own words or paraphrasing, but, and the Lord said, I believe the same thing to him, go your way, your faith has healed you. And so, yeah, our, it's, it's really very simple. So if we, if we can forget about all the things that we've been taught and all of the reasons that, you know, preachers have told us why healing is not for today and all of the reasons that we give when somebody doesn't get healed, who has been believing God to be healed and just go back to the word of God. It's really so simple. And so that's my basis. And I have experienced, he has, he has healed me. And so I'm, it's not rocket science and I'm no scholar, but um, I know that the Bible includes healing in redemption. And as you've already pointed out in Deuteronomy 28, um, it is sickness is part of the curse. Well, we know according to Galatians, I think Galatians chapter three, that we have been redeemed from the curse. Right. Jesus became a curse for us. And so we can, we can um, go back to the Old Testament, beginning in Exodus chapter 15. The Lord revealed himself to, I think, three million uh, Israelites. He said, I am the Lord, your healer. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your 
position. So all the way back, starting in Exodus, he revealed himself to his people as their healer, um, giving them one of his redemptive names, Jehovah Rapha. And that it's more than just his name. It's more than what he does, but it's actually who he is. Healing is part of his nature. Amen. It's always, it's always been a part of his provision for his people. Don't you think that, uh, and I cannot say amen louder. I mean, I could, but that might hurt your ears, so I won't, but amen, you know. Um, don't you think it's fascinating how clever the devil is? I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. he is so wily, you know, because, um, because he is convinced, at least the Western world by and large, that God doesn't heal anymore. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because I even hear people say, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I'm in the mental health field. Those of you who might not know, know my background, I have a master's in uh, clinical psychology and, um, spent a lot of years doing training. And, uh, in fact, my teacher, my, my BFF, Jennifer Fee, who's a psychologist, she was part of my training she still teaches me every day about stuff. But anyway, in the, in the field of mental health, uh, we're told by society that, um, that if you're depressed, you should be on an antidepressant. And, and I am not a person who is somebody who advocates for that because, I, because the psychology world, the, the medical world, has lied to the world by basically saying serotonin's in your brain, you know, you're lacking serotonin, blah, blah, et cetera. And that's not true. Serotonin's actually created in your gut. That's why your gut is so important to have healthy, you know, good probiotics you take and, and, and all that. But the number one cure for depression is exercise. It's walking, oh. right? And oh. yet we, all, we have other mental disorders like schizophrenia um, and let's say, just for sake of argument, uh, ADHD or even bipolar disorder. And do you know that this is the interesting thing? The research actually shows that if you take people with those same issues in third world countries and you cannot treat them with medication, but rather instead do what God said and put them in community and give them time to rest, that lo and behold, the schizophrenia goes away and also these other things go away because of the connection and because people are, are in a, a calmer environment where they're not stressed out by all of the, the stuff of, you know, Western society. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. And that's, that's the, it's the weirdest thing because you're never going to hear it from the APA <laughs> or the medical field or the, 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 the pharmaceutical companies. And you, you, you used to be a nurse, right? And I don't know if you're still a nurse, but, but, I'm sure you've seen stuff too. Um, and it's like, just do what God says and you'll be healed. It, it's really that simple, but we make it so complicated. We, we'd rather just take a pill, you know. It's easier. That is the mentality here, um, you know, in the West. We, just, we have been so oriented and our, and our faith really is in the medical field. So we, because we've been so blessed, you know, we've had, we have, physicians and we have uh, we have everything that we that we need to get well we have a medicine cabinet with everything that we need but um, as you said people in other other nations also when they hear hear the message of the gospel they are healed 
they don't have all of the benefits that we do um, at our disposal. So it's sort of a muscle that we haven't used, but also it has not been preached regularly. And so it's really awesome to hear you say that, you know, the, the remedies for something like depression is exercise. Again, we, we have made it very, very complicated. But if, if you have an insurance plan that is great, I always say God's plan is even better. And once we train and renew our minds to the truth that healing is part of redemption, then it will become as automatic. It, it, in fact, it takes less time than calling the doctor and making that appointment and going um, to the office. It takes less time than going to the medicine cabinet. Once you train yourself and renew your mind according to the fact that healing is already done. And so that's where a lot of people, they, they, they believe that God heals some people some of the time, and therefore it must be his will to just heal certain people some of the time. And so if that's what you believe, it's really hard to have faith. It's hard to pray from a place of faith if, you, if you're unsure that it's God's will to heal you. And so that's the first thing I think is that people need to know that healing is past tense. The provision is past tense. Now, that doesn't mean that it comes automatically, even any more than um, the fact that salvation, the provision for salvation is past tense. It's already done. Jesus is not going to go to the cross again. The provision is made. In fact, the Bible says that he has sat down at the right hand of the Father. You know, he said that it's finished. The full provision was made. But now our part is to access what he has already provided. And just as salvation is for whosoever believes would not perish, according to John 3, 16, but have everlasting life, the provision for healing is the same. It's all together in one redemptive benefit package. Our part is to receive it. And that's why it requires faith. It requires faith. I mean, generally speaking, now, you know, you can get faith, uh, you can get healed by somebody else's faith. So there are many, many ways to be healed. Um, you know, you can take communion. It's, it's whatever you have faith for, actually. Um, but my preferred way, my just my go-to is the fact that it's already provided in redemption. It is a redemptive benefit. And so that means that I don't have to get on the phone and try and find somebody to agree with me. I don't have to post a, you know, a, 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 to a prayer chain and try and get a thousand people. I don't have to try and get to a Benny Hinn crusade. Um, I don't have to get anointed with oil by the elders. If you want to do those things, if your faith is in those things, you, those are good things to do. But once you know what has already been deposited in your spiritual bank account, then right where you're at in the comfort of your home, wherever it is, command healing for your body. You can access, you can cash that check for healing. And that's, that's a bold thing to say because the critics will say, oh, yeah, Tommy Norman, you're one of those people. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, if that's so true, then how come everybody in the hospitals, you know, aren't healed? And, and, and even there even there even have been some trolls here on Periscope that have said, well, how come God hasn't healed every amputee out there? You know, and I, I go, I look at that and I'm like, who's to say that he hasn't? Do you know every amputee in the world? No. You know, so how do you answer the objections? I mean, just like a salesperson. Uh, teach us from God's word how to answer the objections because we're not obviously being taught it in the church by pastors for whatever reason. And yet one of the things I get really excited about is um, I, I love listening to missionaries because they go into these third world, fourth world countries, you know, and, and they see all this stuff happening miraculously because there's, there's no other way there. Right. Yeah. Well, well, my answer, and I have the trolls every night. I know. <laughs> my program, too. <laughs> and, you know, they're so predictable. Um, but anyway, um, my answer, I, I, there are a few answers, but one is, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't have to know. What I do know, I don't know the reason for why every person isn't healed any more than I know the reason why every person isn't saved. What I do know is that the provision has been made for every person to be saved. Is there any, is there any doubt about that? No. All right. Is every person saved? No, not yet. And a lot of those people, you know, they will intellectually agree with you about that there is a heaven and that God is loving and that they will give lip service. And they will, they ultimately, I believe they ultimately do want to go to heaven, but not everyone is saved, but it is God's will and the provision has already been made. I don't have all the answers why everyone is not saved. Neither do I have all of the answers why, why everyone isn't healed. You know, Jesus came, he walked the earth, he did miracles, signs and wonders, he healed the sick, and there were those, the, the trolls there were trolls even back in the day who were doing the same thing to him um, that they're doing today. You know, the, the skeptics, some who are honest skeptics and some, you know, I, there was a time when I was unclear as well, when I didn't know. And I think we all come to that point where, you know, because we have not been taught it, we're just, we're not sure. We want to think that it's true. That's why the most important thing we can ever do is renew our minds to the truth of the Bible. Furthermore, we are commanded to heal the sick. It's one of the signs that would follow us, the Bible says. You know, there are, everyone says they're a Christian, but the Bible actually says that there are indicators, there are signs. You know, one of the things that he said that you'll know them by, by their love, but another sign is that they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make that up. That is Bible. So my position on healing is that I don't know why everyone isn't healed. What I do know, what I do know is that according to the Bible, the provision is made. And so um, we, of course, have to um, individually appropriate. We have to have uh, personal faith in the provision that has been made. But so I do not give the experiences of other people. I do not give the philosophies of other people, 
and the uh, opinions and all of these things, I do not give them more authority than the word of God. Because somebody can say today that they, you know, they don't believe healing is for them because they haven't been healed and they may be healed tomorrow. And well, then their opinion has changed. And so that's why I believe that healing is for everyone for all time, because that's what the Bible clearly teaches. Um, in Psalm 103, the, the psalmist, I believe it was David, said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. Again, he's putting the two together. And I think if anything would help us is to understand that they go together. Salvation and healing go together. And so that's what the psalmist said. He said, these are the benefits. This old covenant man said, forget not all of his benefits. He doesn't just forgive some sins and heal some diseases, but there's that three-letter word, all. He forgives all my sins, heals all of my diseases. Uh, the prophet Isaiah foretold it as well, some 700 years plus before Christ. In Isaiah, I love Isaiah 53. You know, he begins by saying, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And then he goes on in like verses four and five, and he says, he, the coming Messiah, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So those were two old covenant men coming into agreement, prophesying, and coming into agreement with what the Lord said all the way back in um, Exodus 15, that he is our healer. And in fact, that Messiah, when he comes, that he would literally physically bear not only our sins, but our sicknesses. And the word there, if you, if you look it up um, in the original language, the word bore, it means to bear for someone else. And so, and it talks about him carrying our sins and sicknesses. Yeah, see, that's, and you know, going back to the Isaiah passage, you know, it's interesting um, I've heard, and and I think, well, I believe. I don't. I don't believe. I. I mean, I know that it's wrong teaching because what I've always heard, and and I know you've talked about this, and I'd like you to talk about it again, is that um, I've heard people say, "By His stripes you are healed," and then they add the word spiritually mm-hmm. after it. You've heard that before, right? And yeah. I've heard that before, and I've thought. Well, it doesn't really say that, but I can kind of see it, even though, you know, that's not really what it says. And it's, and it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I've been studying Psalm, uh, Isaiah 55 last couple of weeks. I've been diving deep into that chapter. And then the Lord's led me now to, into Psalm 23, where I'm really digging into uh, just that psalm in general. And, you know, the first verse in that is, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And the emphasis is on the Lord being your shepherd. Do you rejoice that he's your shepherd? Do you realize the job of a shepherd? <laughs> you know, shepherding sheep is, is, is a meticulous little act here. It's not, it's not like taking care of a cat, which, you know, you know, cats can take care of themselves for the most part, you know, sheep are dirty, filthy, etc., And they're, they have little, they're stupid, <laughs> you know, 
I know, but they're cute, you know. Um, but anyway, address the address the, the 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 spiritual aspect of it because it's true, but it's not true at the same time in the context that that they're actually saying it. Yeah, well, I'd love to address that, and I have here. I just wanted to read um, Matthew eight sixteen and seventeen is one place that we can go. Um, and it says in Matthew eight sixteen and 17, that when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all, there's that all, that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So he is telling us that Jesus physically healed the sick, to fulfill Isaiah 53. So that tells us right there that this is talking about physical sickness. So I love that as a direct response to that, um, to that question. Again, that was Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Jesus healed all that were sick that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So Jesus literally fulfilling that shows that he was talking about literal physical sicknesses. And we can even go on and, and talk about the fact that Jesus came. So in case we were still confused, in case there, you know, there is still, there's still, we're still not quite there. Jesus left heaven. The creator God, Jesus became a man, left heaven and came to earth to not just go to the cross and and do that great redemptive work, but to demonstrate for us, to live with us, to identify with us, to teach us um, what the will of the Father is. He said, lo, I have come to do my Father's will. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. So the Bible says he is the exact representation of God. And so what did he do as it pertains to sick people? Well, we know that he healed them, yeah. demonstrating the will of God for sick people. He never said some of the things that we say, such as, you know, my father has uh, healed you spiritually, so you need to, you will be healed when you get to heaven physically. We say that he never said that. Yeah. He never said, my father is, try- is teaching you a lesson. And he's trying to refine you. And he has trusted you with this sickness. We say that. Jesus never said that. He never said, I'm not sure if, if my father wants you healed today. I'm, because he heals some, but others he does not heal. And we can't know why. We say that. But he never said that. So... I think the next thing that I would point to is the life of Jesus. He demonstrated for us the the perfect will of the Father. And he didn't just tell us, but he showed us. And that even went as far as raising the dead. Another thing that we've been commanded, commissioned to do is to raise the dead. All right? So when Jesus was presented with people who died prematurely, he didn't say, well, my, my father needed another angel. He never said, well, it was just their time. He never said, 
you know, you never know when it's your time to go. It's your time to go and there's nothing you can do about it. No, he never said any of the things that the powerless church said. But he raised them, demonstrating his authority, demonstrating the Father's will, demonstrating the supremacy of the kingdom and taking territory while he taught. So, yeah, the life of Jesus and what he did, along with what Isaiah said, um, are just a couple examples that I can give you right now. Yeah, see, that that is so cool. That I mean, that rocks. And you know what you had... Um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments in the chat room and, and those of you guys, I just want to say thank you for coming in. I haven't been able to say, you know, thank you to all of you who come in yet, but, but thank you for coming in and for sharing that out. I really appreciate it. And I, I did see Cynthia come in and there's Jennifer and Kat and, and, um, uh, Jason and, and Rick, I think I saw in there, Vicki and, and Cynthia and a whole bunch of other people. Anyway. All you guys, thank you for coming in to hear Tommy. I really appreciate it, um, you know, because she's awesome and she loves the Lord. And I have to tell you that it's funny because now, now the researcher in me, Tommy, wants to definitely go. And every time I hear somebody, you know, talk about, you know, how to pray for the sick or, or anything like that, I'm going to go, hmm, you know, is that really in the God's word? No. <laughs> It's not, you know, even at my church and bless, bless my pastor's heart. I love him. Um, and he's got the coolest name. His name is JC Christian. It's it's true story. It's, it's literally his initial, his name is the initials. It's, that is his name. But, but every, every time we go to church, every Sunday night, you know, he'll get up there. And the first thing that he'll say is let's pray for all the people with cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ever since I started listening to you, I've been thinking, why don't we just, you know, really pray for them and get them healed, you know, uh, be- because I do believe that God, God heals people and I've seen it. I've, I've, I've laid hands on Randall and he's been healed. I've seen me and Randall lay hands on other people and they've been healed. And, you know, um, and yet it, the, the it, it goes back to not knowing who Christ really is. You know, and really, really looking at him um, and and his life. And I think that's kind of where the devil has been extremely uh, strategic in influencing the church uh, when, and, and don't hate me for saying this, but when the whole seeker-sensitive movement started coming into the church way back when I got saved in the 80s, you know, and and don't hate me for saying this either, Jennifer, don't. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. God healed Jennifer's uh, cat's broken leg, too. I remember that, too. That was awesome. Yeah, they were, the vet was saying to put the cat down. And next thing you know, Jennifer's calling me up saying, pray for my cat. And and it wasn't because of my prayer, per se, but but her cat was walking the next day, <laughs> even though the doc, the vet said, you know what, we, we want um, her dead. But, but, but psychology got introduced into the church. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but most of the, the fathers of psychology are atheists, right? Yeah. They're, they're not people of faith. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Freud wasn't, you know, and, you know, anyway, so, so it's an issue of, of looking at who Christ is and actually believing who he is and watching what he did. Because if, as a Christian, that's a little Christ, we're supposed to be like him. You know that, and 
and that's part of it. And and I remember a long time ago I read um, the story of Lazarus, right? And and I believe that the Lord had a reason for healing Lazarus the way that He did. Um, and especially like the verse where it says, "But He stinketh by now." <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that whole thing was prophetic about. Christ rising from the dead too. But I, I often wonder in my sanctified imagination, I, I go, hmm, I wonder what it would have been like to sit around a table with Mary and Lazarus and Jesus many years after the fact and talk about talk to Lazarus about it. And say, Hey, what was it like down there in Abraham's bosom? You know, what what was going on down there? And and can you tell us about it? And just I I don't know if you can imagine you know, the children or the relatives, the nieces and nephews and aunts, you know, come and sit and listen to this, you know, and that's how it is when we testify. And, you know, in Colossians, it says that we need to bring to each other a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, and we should rejoice and make melody in our hearts unto the Lord. We should be talking about this stuff every single day. And it cracks me up because on Periscope, we're doing it. You know, you bring a you bring a teaching. I bring a word. Pastor Pete brings the word. You know, Rick brings words. Jason and and Pam and Jennifer and Kat. Everybody, we're bringing we're doing the work that God's told us to do. And there's healing that comes through it. And it's not just physical healing of people, but also I honestly think a community type healing too, because because that's the type of fellowship God desires for us to have. I could go on, but I want to take a breath. So. <laughs> Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Right. So I, you know, we need to hear this. If we are not, if we have not heard this message of healing, the reality of the gospel, it's the full gospel. If we've never heard it, then how can we have faith for it? Somebody said faith begins where the will of God is known. And we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so, um, so I'm just here on a regular basis teaching, 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 talking about this as are others. And God is building this amazing community. You're bringing these hot topics, you know, like yesterday's show uh, that maybe other people are not as confident to address because you have knowledge in this area and you're just very, uh, you have a lot of courage and boldness. And so you, you tackle these controversial things. I'm on here preaching about healing um, there are others of us that have, you know, we all have our sweet spot and the Lord is connecting us. And so, yeah, this great message of the gospel, his ambassadors are here on uh, Periscope on this live stream platform sharing the great news. And sometimes you have to hear something a, a few times or several times for it really to become established in your heart as you've been bringing up some of the objections and so as we talk about those, you know, every week, and then people start to people start to get it, and it starts to become it starts to become solidified in their heart, and so their faith begins to increase. That hey, this really is what the Bible. They have to unlearn some things after years and years and years of basically being programmed that healing we just never know. And um, what's sad is I have seen I have seen pastors in churches and whole churches pray for somebody to be healed and just go after it. And they are declaring the will of God and the word of God. And then when the person loses the battle and that's all it is, we've lost the battle. We don't turn back on what the Bible says. 
We don't change our theology. We accept the fact that we lost that battle. And, you know, here's the thing. If they're a Christian, we, we don't lose either way. I mean, the worst, if we lose the battle, we still go to heaven. But then those same, the same people will turn around the next day and say, God just took them home. God decided to take them. God, just, God, God said no. And that's where I think a lot of people get really confused because God is not schizophrenic. We may be confused and we may have some spiritual schizophrenia, but God is not. And just because we lose a battle, because we lose a fight. And again, we don't know everything about the situation. Sometimes we think we do. And so we want to analyze it and we come to these conclusions and 95% of the time we end up blaming God. You know, we say, well, this person, they were the, they were a great Christian. They believed the scriptures. They prayed and they did everything and they weren't healed. So why didn't God heal them? It, it shocked me. It shocked me. Um, I'm okay with that, actually. It's up to you. It shocks me that people are so quick to blame God. Um, and, and instead of looking at ourselves and saying, honestly, you know what? We just haven't arrived. We, we just, there's a momentum in sickness and disease. And, you know, we are making progress, but we have not arrived. And so uh, I think that's, again, one of the things that gets people into confusion. They think because it happened that it is it was God's will because that person didn't get healed. It was God's will. No, God's will is clearly um, taught in the word of God and revealed there for us. We're the ones that, feel, that failed. We're the ones, not God. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, everybody. I wanted to uh, take a, a minute here. I, I Okay, I'm here. Hi, everybody. You know, I got to take a, a minute here to thank Bareface, my husband, for um, for producing our show. He's such a good guy. I don't know if you realize how much work he actually does, but he does a lot of work, and I don't pay him. I do kiss him once in a while, though. So just so you know, anyway, um, anyway, um, we decided we, we're going to go 30 more minutes. If that's okay with y'all down there. If you want to go another half hour, put a one and tell us, yes, you want us to go for another half hour. And Randall, you know, he's super busy and he just said, it's okay. So um, just want to say thank you for that. There he is. See how handsome he is. Okay. I know he's super hot too. I'm just, <laughs> I, I love him, just so you know. I can't help it. You know, 25 years of marriage for us coming up in August, you guys. Hard to believe. I know. I'm not that old. Randall is, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to let you guys know our guest is Tommy Norman. And you can go to her website, TommyNorman.com, T-O-M-M-I-E-N-O-R-M-A-N.com. Uh, you can go there. Uh, Tommy, I would love for you to tell, tell everybody. Oh, didn't change this. Don't worry. You want me to do it? I can log in really fast. <laughs> but can you can you can you tell everybody um, what it is that I know you offer mentoring and some other things that would it would be great if you want to tell people. Did you find it? Yeah, I did it. Of yeah, course. Just go to my website, TommyNorman.com. You can send me an email at info at TommyNorman.com as well. You can also connect with me on Twitter. And on Facebook, uh, we have a um, 
a faith group on Facebook. It's called Faith Builders, so you can connect with me there as well. But to personally reach out to me, go to info at TommyNorman.com. I am a mentor, and I would love to talk to you if you are interested in mentoring or coaching. I'm a little confused myself about what the difference there is. So what what I do is I teach you how to possess your power so that you can live in that place of power. You are powerful. God has given us power. But for far too many Christian women, and that's who I help, um, we, we, we live from a place of powerlessness. I help you to walk in your purpose. And then also I help you to leave a legacy. I teach you how to build a legacy of faith for the next generation. So, yeah, that's, that's my heart. There you go. So those of you on the podcast, don't forget, T-O-M-M-I-E. N-O-R-M-A-N.com, TommyNorman.com. Go there. Um, Also, um, I thought it might be good to maybe, should we open this up for questions, you think? So so let's stump Tommy, okay, everybody? No, I'm just kidding. You won't be able to stump her. (laughs) This is a woman I've spent a couple hours with behind the scenes and talking about the Lord, and I'm like, I didn't know that. (laughs) But um, so yeah, if you guys have any questions, um, you know about this topic or anything, uh, let's let's bring them in. Okay, when you said the battle was lost, is it a battle with the devil? And that's another question. Can you get healed in secret? That's a good question too. Okay, that is a good question. So um, the first one, if the battle is lost, is the battle lost with the devil? Um, I, no, I would say it's just it's the sickness and disease. If if you um, if somebody doesn't get healed, then basically, yeah, the, the battle with that, um, that sickness, that's what I'm talking about. And ultimately, uh, sickness and disease came in with the fall. So I know we talk a lot about the devil, um, but spirits of sickness, that's why all through the New Testament, we see Jesus casting out spirits and healing the sick. The two go hand in hand. A lot of times, sickness and disease is caused by uh, by spirits, and so um, that's what I would say when I when I'm saying we lost the battle, we lost the battle um, against that sickness. And sometimes what happens is the momentum that happens um, with sickness and disease. Many people they they don't have a foundation of healing, and so they don't even really start to get into a place of faith for their healing until there's a whole lot of momentum from that from that sickness, and so. I hope that helps. Yeah, let us know if that helped, okay? And Pastor Pedro Pete came in. Pastor hey, P. Pastor we, and everybody, thanks so much for coming in, everyone. I appreciate you all so much. Okay, so some baby. healed in secret. Okay. Yeah, yeah did you, you answer the question about being healed in secret? I'm, I'm trying to get these guys in the event we don't get it. Just so you know, I'm, I'm going to try to write it on my whiteboard because a whole bunch of them just came up. Um, but yeah, you want to answer that one? I'll write this down in the meantime. Everybody for coming in. Um, can you be healed in secret? Yes, 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 yes. There are there are so many ways that you can be healed. So yes, I did a I did a broadcast about that. It's probably still in my in my archives there on Periscope. But there are um, many 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 ways that you can be healed. So yes, I my sweet spot is just. For me, 
Um, and so this is why I'm always talking about this. It's, it's based on knowing the provision that is there and then you personally appropriating that provision. But absolutely you can be healed in secret in, in, your, in your room. In fact, you can be healed right now while you're watching this broadcast as you're hearing the truth about healing, about the provision that has already been made for you. There, it's faith first. Faith, then comes the manifestation. So right now, you can choose to believe and to say, I receive my healing, the healing that is already provided. So what we, what we wanted to um, say and to just make sure that everyone is clear on is that God is not in heaven arbitrarily deciding who gets healed and who doesn't. So sometimes we have this mentality that if we do enough things, if we pray, and if we fast, and if we do enough things, then it, it will, we will be worthy of being healed. But that, while those are good things to do, you do not have to do those things to be healed. Because the provision, he already, he already gave it to you. It's a gift that he's already given to you. So you can be healed in private. Okay, that's a good one. Um, okay, so the next question, Cheryl, I see yours, but I'm going to do bum babies first. Uh, bum baby asked, have you ever seen a creative healing like a t- like teeth or body parts or something like that? Um, yeah, actually, I have. Um, I, the probably the dental miracles are what I have seen. Yeah, I have seen I have seen those kinds of miracles. I'm trying to think of I have seen people get out of wheelchairs. Um, but in terms of like a limb being regrown, I have not, but I have heard the testimonies of people that have, um, Curry Blake is one minister of healing, a minister of the gospel uh, down in Texas. And he, uh, has a testimony of a woman who's a young girl whose limb began to grow back. And so I don't, I think it was like, maybe it was her hand or some fingers. Or maybe it was even her arm. It may have been her arm at the elbow. So um, while I have not seen that, there are people that have. And you can Google and find testimonies. And that's one of the things that I would suggest that you do if you need healing. Um, Google testimonies of people that have been healed of whatever it is that you need healing for. Amen. Okay. Uh, And then I think it was, I think it was Cynthia. Don't hate me. I forgot your name. No, Cheryl. Cheryl. It was Cheryl. I remember. Cheryl heard that testimony. She said it was her fingers. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I think it was Cheryl that said, any advice for someone who's waiting for their manifestation of their healing? So that's a good question too. It is. I actually, um, I actually did a, um, a sermon on that or a message on that. Um, so what I would do is number one, find out what the Bible says about healing. And I'm just looking back at my note and I'm, I think I will post this. If people want to get it, they can email me and I will post this or else I'll make it as a blog. Um, but so yeah, become familiar with what the Bible says about it. And I know Cheryl, if that's you, you are doing that. And so, as I just said, look up testimonies of people that have been healed, um, of what it is that you are desiring healing for, um, See yourself in your mind's eye. See yourself with eyes of faith. See yourself healed. And make the decision that right now, I am healed. So you, that's what faith does. 
and then the manifestation will follow. How long it takes, you know, that varies with people. I, I, I can't say that. I think sooner it should happen sooner than what it, what it usually does. And I think that's because of us. And also I would say, limit yourself to the, um, limit yourself from watching and listening to things that are, that resist your faith. You know, you can have faith, but at, at the same time, if you are constantly, and I'm not saying that Cheryl is doing this, I'm just putting this out there. Um, if you say, I believe in healing and I believe that Christ has already paid for my healing, but at the same time, you are giving equal time to reading about the symptoms and all about the illness and listening to things that um, are really just going to resist your faith, then stop doing that. It's just like in a in a garden, and I, I don't have a green thumb, but I know that they say that the weeds really take the energy from the soil so that your good plants, um, the weeds there will, will in, uh, stop the good plants from receiving all the energy that they need to grow. Our hearts are the same way. If we, um, we need to get rid of the stuff, the, the negative things or the things that will, that will oppose our faith and feed on the word of God, the promises of God, settle it in your heart that it is already done. Speak to your body, just like you would take medicine. Um, you know, if you have medicine for a condition, you're probably really diligent about taking your medicine and you should until, until the, the symptoms leave. But at the same time, be just as diligent about speaking to your body, commanding your body to be healed. Speak to those symptoms. Tell those symptoms what you want them to do, not to God, but to the symptoms. I'm not talking to God about what's wrong with me. I already know what he thinks about it. So now he says, I've given you the authority and I've given you the power. You now command that thing to leave. You command that spirit of infirmity out of your body. You speak to your flesh and command it to be healed. So those are some suggestions if you are, you know, as you are uh, believing God for the manifestation of your healing. Yeah, those are good suggestions. Okay. I think it, I'm, somebody else just asked a, um, a question and I didn't see it all because I was busy blocking, blocking a troll. Sorry about that. But uh, Lakita, I think that's how you say it, asked, uh, "How do you know if you're if you're healed, and will you feel something?" And and I would add to that question. I know um, on the 700 Club, often Pat Robertson and Gordon, often one of the things that they'll say is you'll feel burning. Or I've actually ha- had people say, "Yeah, you'll feel warm all over your body," or or whatever. Um, what, what, how do you answer that? I mean, I know how I would answer it, but how would you answer it? Well, I think that's problematic because um, then everyone is expecting that to happen. I've been healed of many, many things. I've been healed of an autoimmune disease that I had for over 40 years. I didn't know what I, what I know now or it wouldn't have taken 40 years, all right? I just got used to living with it. I just adjusted my life and accepted it and lived with it until I learned what I'm sharing right now. But I never, of all the things that I've been healed of, and he's healed me, I've been healed of carpal tunnel syndrome, of arthritis, you know, issues in my knees and my feet, um, allergies, of a yearly, um, you know, bronchitis type thing that I would have. So these are, are some of the things that I have been healed of. And I can't recall ever really experiencing a burning sensation 
even though I know, and I, you know, I know that that's one of the ways that you can tell that, you know, God is touching you or Holy Spirit. That's a response to what is happening in your body, a response that you have, that your body has. Um, but I've never had that happen. Now, if I, if I thought that I had to have that manifestation or I wasn't healed, then maybe I wouldn't be healed. So I think there is a problem when we attach anything else other than what the word of God has said. And so at that point, when I express faith in what Christ has said, just like with um, salvation, um, so just as an example, when somebody gets saved, when somebody gives their life to Christ and repents of their sin and says, I believe the gospel, Christ, I'm giving you my life. I want you to come and live your life through me and you will be my Lord. That person, you know, they may get up the next morning and they may say, I don't feel any different. I don't, I don't feel any different. I don't, I don't even look any different. I, how do I know that that really happened? What the prayer that I just prayed the day before. It's the same with healing. It is not based on what we, what we feel at any given time. It's based on the fact and the truth of the word of God. And what we begin to do when we get saved is we begin to adjust our life accordingly. And we begin to realize that, hey, whether we have a sensation or a feeling or not, whether we have the awareness that this burden of sin has lifted and that suddenly we've become new on the inside, these are the facts. It may take a minute or two before it becomes a reality to you. But the fact that it happened when you, when you profess your faith in the finished work of Christ, and that is the way that I say you should approach your, your healing. Amen. Okay. So, um, uh, so uh, Becca, she wants to know if you can talk about fasting and healing. And hi, Becca. And um, and then what was the other one? Oh, somebody asked about when do you stop taking your medicine? Yeah, and I saw somebody else asked about um, what about people that lose their healing. So oh, yeah, that was, that, that's a good question, too. Yeah. So hopefully um, we'll remember all those three. So the first one was about fasting and healing. Honestly, I have nothing to say about that. I think fasting is good. I think fasting is beneficial. I think it's biblical to fast. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as healing is concerned, do I have to fast to get saved? No. No. It's already done the, it's, to me. If it help, if you somehow believe that that's going to help you to receive it, I don't. I mean, I can think of a lot of reasons to fast. But healing is not one of them. That's my opinion based on my knowledge of the word of God. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Because um, I've actually heard people talk about that. I've had um, uh, Elmer Towns on many years ago talk about the whole topic of healing. He's one of the founders of Liberty University. I don't know if you know that. But anyway, um, and then taking your medicine, which actually leads me to, because this verse just came in my mind, and I don't know the actual address of it, but you know how in the Old Testament it talks about there's, there's the, the, the trees for the healing of the nations, um, and you know there's a whole alternative health movement going on right now where everybody's going to all natural stuff. I mean, I even have um, like turmeric right here. I don't know if you can see it. Here's my camera. You know, and just as an example, 
Um, I was taking meloxicam for many years, a couple of years, because of carpal tunnel, right? Got it here really bad in my thing. I have tennis elbow. Um, you know, trust me. <laughs> I play a lot of pickleball. Anyway, and, and, and I actually asked my doctor, who is a, who's a naturopath and a medical doctor, um, if he had any, you know, if he could give me a natural remedy, something God made as opposed to somebody else, um, for that. He told me turmeric. And so I went and bought some and I said, well, how do I go, how do I go off the, the synthetic meloxicam? Meloxicam. Yeah. Thanks, bareface. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, he said, just stop taking it and then start taking turmeric. And so I did. And honestly, within like five days, I was feeling way better than I've ever felt before taking the meloxicam and, you know, and my carpal tunnel basically went away as a result because because of that. Now, God didn't, I didn't go, God, please heal me of my tar- carpal tunnel, but I learned a natural alternative and I took it. Even though I'm technically taking a pill, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I could, I could eat it as food. I just choose not to. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Can you address that in terms yeah. of, yeah. So the Bible says, um, be it unto you according to your faith. So I think that it's it's a wide um, it's wide open. Basically, whatever you want to do, whatever I want to do. You know, there are people that don't take any medicine ever for anything, um, and then there are people who like that's their first resort. That's where their faith is, and then there are people in between. I'm probably one of those people in between. I mean, if I have a, something. I had an urgent headache, I mean, a terrible headache, which I rarely have headaches, but I will go and take something. I mean, it's in, I can go and take a, whatever is there, ibuprofen or something. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. So we're not, the goal is healing. So yeah, I'm not um, really ultra rigid uh, in terms of does it have to be specifically only this way? It's up to you according to your faith. Um, another example that I'm thinking of is my son that just had a, a kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. So his faith was it was for a kidney to receive a kidney. I was praying for a creative miracle, um, but ultimately I ended up saying, "Lord, um, whatever. I'm not going to put you in a box. Whatever, however you choose to do this, the goal is healing." And so. Yeah, I, we, it's whatever you want and whatever your faith is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody said that I had faith in the turmeric, and I'm, I'll tell you something about me. First of all, number one, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an intense skeptic. <laughs> just so you know, I am somebody who doesn't just believe anything, and this is why I always laugh when people come and try to debate me about my faith because I'm like, you don't really know who you're talking to. Um, I'm somebody, you know, who... I just don't believe, you know, you know, like Tommy, I didn't just believe her, you know, I, I went and looked it all up. I, I got the books she recommended. I started reading them. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a Berean. I do the work of a, of a student because that's what God's called me to do. But the, the turmeric, um, uh, the first thing I did was, was I was very skeptical of it because I am skeptical as we've been trained to be of alternative medicine. Just so you know, the world has taught us that, right? Uh, don't take that. I mean, essential oil. That's that's an, that's another whole area. Um, and yeah, I can tell you, I can give a testimony about essential oil. Like, 
Um, like I used to suffer from massive anxiety to the point where I was almost agoraphobic. I would not leave my house. This was like a number of years ago where, you know, the only place I would go would be to therapy and church and the grocery store when I ran out of food because, you know, they didn't deliver stuff to your house back then. Um, and, and that would be it. Those were my safe zones. I was like, okay, I'll go here. I'll go here. I'll go here. But otherwise I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to, you know, I'm had it set in my mind. Anxiety was going to rule my life forever. Well, I began to change my thinking, renew my mind according to God's word, and actually look at the scripture that tells me not to, you know, first of all, set my mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. When your mind is set on things above, it can't be obsessed about you, right? So you're, you're not like obsessed with who you are and all that. But I'm very hypersensitive to my body because of being sexually violated in my body. And I understand that connection, but there had to be a time in my life where I had to let that go and say, okay, I recognize it. I recognize it's a trigger, but I'm not pulling it and I'm not going to let the enemy get victory over it because he's already done that. I've wasted all this time, right? So long story short, um, I went to a psychiatrist and they, they put me, they tried me on all these drugs, Ativan, uh, also known as lorazepam, there's Xanax, um, there was, what was the other, I can't remember the name of the other one because it's been a long time, it's been like tw- almost 20 years, um, but anyway, some supposed drug that was the best for treating anxiety ever in the history of all mankind, right, and, and I took them, and for the most part, the Ativan zoned me out, Xanax, ugh. you know, highly addictive, and I would take just the minuscule amount anyway. I would never take the whole amount because I was paranoid because I didn't want to get addicted to it. So that was my other issue in my head. Trust me, my head is kind of crazy. It's been crazy. So long story short, um, they put me on this one that they swore up and down 99.9% of people who have take this medicine, they get healed from it. When I took it, I got more anxious. I went to the psychiatrist and he's like, oh, it's all in your head. You're feeling that way. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm feeling anxious taking this stuff. And I'm just like, and I told, you know, I told, uh, I told the doctor to forget it. I said, I ain't taking this stuff anymore. Meanwhile, I'm on antidepressants, which are completely screwing my health up because they don't, they don't work for me. Fast forward a number of years, I learn about essential oil and in particular, lavender essential oil. Now, lavender has actually been done They've actually put this in a double bind study where they took lavender oil, put it in a capsule, and they they gave it to people, and then they gave Ativan or lorazepam, the other the generic name, to other people to take. And in this double blind study, so nobody knew who was taking what. Uh, what they discovered was that lavender oil had the exact same effect or better than the actual um, Ativan did. Okay. Wow. Except, here's the thing, Ativan's highly addictive. Lavender essential oil isn't. You can take lavender internally, you can rub it on your skin, and it smells really nice, unless you happen to be allergic to it. If you're allergic to it, then I wouldn't recommend that. But but the fact of the matter is, essential oils are God's God's creation, you know, and, and, uh, and, and it works. You know, it works. I mean, you can put it... You know, on your on your wrist, you can put it on your feet, put it on the back of your neck, smell it, sprinkle it on your pillow to help you sleep at night, all that. 
whatever. If you if you have that issue, um, I recommend that. That's God's pers- to me. That's God's way of giving us something natural to help heal us. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say too? Uh, in terms of alternative health, I remember Randall and I went to a guy. Um, was it red rice yeast or red yeast rice? Red yeast rice. Red yeast rice. Okay. So anyway, the the other thing is um, with that, the guy actually told us that it, that the actual medicines for high cholesterol were actually derived from red yeast rice. And so he said, "Why take the the synthetic synthetic?" synthetic. <laughs> I have to get the tongues. Can't you tell? Anyway, <laughs> why take the synthetic stuff where they take some of the good stuff? And then they put it, they wrap it up in crappy stuff. Why take that when you can just take the red rice yeast or yeast rice and watch your cholesterol go down like that, you know, from a, from a natural, you know, thing. And the Chinese know this because they take it all the time. But anyway, that's just my little rant on that. So, Well, that's good to know about essential oils because I've tried them and I never could tell if they were doing anything or not. So, but I've heard testimony, so I don't know, um, you know, I, I say that, and I'm also acknowledging that I have heard testimonies of people that have been, um, they say, healed using essential oil. So I, I do believe that, and then your testimony as well. Well, I can, I can tell you that um, I, I am a, an affiliate with Spark Naturals Essential Oil, and you can go to sparknaturals.com and use the coupon code JOHN316, and you can save 10% any day on sale items, etc., uh, that's good. Anytime it was a good segue, by the way. But but here's here's one of the things I use all the time. I use their LLP, which stands for lemon, lavender, and peppermint. Because if you take um, if you take those three essential oils and you diffuse them, they're all natural antihistamines. And what's interesting is I didn't know that, and I actually tested it out on Bareface. I was like, hey, you know what? If you <laughs> Randall's got allergies to grass and stuff, and I do too. So when he mowed the lawn, I said, well, go ahead, take some of this, put it in your mask. So he put the mask over, and, and it totally worked for him. And for me, living here in Tennessee, that my the pollens, all that, you know, it just, it's, this is the allergy capital of the world. I diffuse that stuff every day, and I don't take anything internally for my allergies. All I do is breathe the, the right stuff in, that, in my air, and it, and it helps great, so. I've been, the Lord actually healed me of allergies too. That is another one of the things. I used to go to my son's little league games and I would be trying to do a video of them and my eyes would be, I would be crying, watering so badly from the allergens in the air. And I thought people probably are looking at me thinking that I'm emotional because my kids are playing ball. It was allergies, but, you know, the thing is with another thing with medications um, is that medications are expensive and they have side effects and a lot of them have very terrible side effects. And so, again, my go-to always is the fact that Christ is my healer. Now, we know that all of these things are available. I've been healed of carpal tunnel syndrome as well. And so... um, yeah, I, I believe that the best, the best practice is going to the Lord and believing his word, um, standing on the word of God and knowing what his provision for you is. 
and then just and that becomes that becomes a habit. You train yourself to do that. There was one other question that I wanted to ask because somebody brought it up, and that was um, if you what if you the illness comes back if you've been healed people that lose their healing. So I did want to comment on that. Okay, we got like three minutes, just so you know. Okay. All right. Okay. So. Um, what you need to do when that happens, and that is very common. I've even heard that in Benny Hinn's ministry and, and any healing ministry, that is a common occurrence. And that's because the, the, it's going to come, it's going to come and see um, these symptoms, these demons, whatever it is, this manifestation, to, to just see if it can come back in. That's where you have to use your authority and rebuke it. So basically, it's just that simple. Again, everything that happens is not God's will. Just because something happens. In fact, most of what happens is not his will. All right? So that's why knowing what his will is concerning healing and not allowing these things to come back any more than you would allow a thief that just got caught trying to steal from your house. You kicked him out. He was on the porch trying to get in. You kicked him out, and he comes back the next day when, you know, when you pulled around the corner to see he comes back. Do you let him in that time and say, well, I guess it's, I, I thought that I had gotten rid of you, but now you're back. No. authority, And you say, this is, this is the property of God, and you have been evicted. I rebuke you and command you to go. So you have to rise up, use your authority, and disallow those symptoms to come back on you. Amen. All right, everybody. Hey, um, we got to get going here because our, our guides, our voice just talked. It said 90 seconds. And now it's under that. Um, so, uh, so Tommy, you want to give one more plug? Now we got 60 seconds. So give one more plug for your site. And yeah, we'll... so my website is TommyNorman.com. Um, also, you can follow me on Periscope at TommyNorman1. <laughs> And uh, Twitter and Facebook, love to have you connect with me there. Thank you all so much for being here, and thank you, Stacey. You are so welcome. Okay, tomorrow, you guys, on Bible News Radio at 2 o'clock Central, Sue Gerard is our guest. Maybe you don't know his name, but you know all the affiliations. He used to be with Delirious. He uh, has a new project out that he did with Amy Grant. It's called The Beatitudes. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking to him, like a big wig in Christian music. So join us tomorrow at same time. And remember, be bold, stand up, go with God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.